We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Caregiver Dave DeSanti. Dave, how are you? And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We have a really great guest, and I'm excited to welcome the program Scott Schwartz, a Christmas story, toy, and much, much more. Scott, you have a great story. Thanks for coming on. But we all, I'm sure every time you're doing these interviews because of a Christmas story. Isn't that true, Scott? Most of them. You know, there are some fans for the toy and Kid Co and other things, but most of the time it's Christmas story. And it's for this time period, right? Especially this time of year is the busiest for you, right? Because it's Oh, I mean, realistically, I called for, you know, podcasts and radio shows all year long, you know, uh, as far as like signing autographs and appearances and stuff like that. A lot of it's October, November, December. Sure. All right. So tell me about how you got the audition for a Christmas story. Uh, the toy had come out in the theaters and uh, I'd just gotten back from shooting another film and uh, Bob Clark, the director, called and I went in for the audition. Maybe the easiest audition ever in the history of movies. So, Dave, were you a fan of the toy? I was a huge fan of that movie. I'm oh, such man. a huge fan of Richard Pryor. I just have to keep watching it every single year. I hope, Scott, I hope you're getting residuals <laughs> from that thing. I know back in the Once- old... Once a film is on so many times on television, you get very little. Really? So, I mean, you know, they it, show the it decreases, you mean? Of course, it's a sliding scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, they show the marathon over the 24 hours, and I get about a dollar eighty. Dollar eighty, a whole dollar eighty. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all the money I, I, on I, that spent the, I spent my dollar eighty this morning <laughs> at Duncan. So, there you go. Who makes that money with it playing over and over and over again? Who makes the most off of it? that residual. uh turner entertainment warner brothers of course they wrote the contract so you were a child actor beforehand how many things have you done as a child uh, i started working in 77 i mean i did 100 and 100 over 100 commercials 100 oh. voiceovers broadway off broadway you did know, you did films. you have a, a mother manager you know no who, no how did it happen no. how'd she get you into it uh, I was actually, it, well, it wasn't my mom who got me into it. I, I was going to uh, New York with my dad to a film club called Joe's Place on 40th between 8th Avenue and 9th Avenue. And uh, one of the guys that was a member of the club was producing a commercial. And I was the only kid there. It was not really for kids, you know, trying to get a, a six, seven, eight, nine year old to sit and watch uh, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry. Uh, the Adventures of Captain Marvel, all the old films and serials <laughs> and B westerns, not something most of the kids in the you know seventies did. Yeah, but I did because my dad went, so I went, and that was just kind of how I broke in. And wow. he was like, "You're great. You got to keep going." So that's that's what started the ball. Do you remember wow. the commercial and your lines in it way back then? I had no com- I had no lines, but it was a Yoo chocolate drink commercial uh, uh, with Yogi Berra. Wow. Yeah, we shot down in Miami Beach for three days. And the rest is history, as they say. The rest is history, <laughs> as they say. Crazy. And that's and, then, and so did you know when you were doing those commercials that you would be so successful as an actor? At the no, same? it was not something that uh, planned career. That No, it was just I was just having fun, enjoying myself. And uh, as long as I wanted to do it, my dad was cool with it. So he had his own business. He was able to take me most of the time. And then we actually, uh, we hired a friend to take me sometimes into New York for auditions and so forth. So how long, how long was the shoot? And, um, and what was your 
most memorable time, but I assume it was a whole fun experience for you. Are you talking about the toy? Or are you talking about Christmas story? The Christmas story. Uh, we shot for uh, my, my part of it. I actually shot six weeks, but I only worked one day a week, hmm. <laughs> you know, but you can't go anywhere. You know, you're on a set. Oh, you're on the it, set. Wow. Yeah. It's not like, you know, okay, you're going to shoot uh, this week, Tuesday, and then Monday, the following week, go home and come back. No, they don't want you to get on a plane. You have insurance purposes, you know, reasoning, all that. So, I mean, I worked really seven days in six weeks. That was it. So when you weren't working as a kid, was it fun? Was it exciting or was it boring? Um, thank God for video games. <laughs> you know, we were we were up in uh, Cleveland for, for some of it and then up in Canada for, for the rest of it. And it was just cold. I mean, you know, uh, Cleveland that year, they had a really bad winter as far as temperature wise uh, good and for the movie. Uh, when we did the you know the tongue on the flagpole scene tongue on the flagpole you know <laughs> it's it's anywhere between 20 and 24 below zero so many people can relate There's, to that yeah. I, I i can't even imagine how many people how many kids have stuck their tongue on something cold and that thing happened yeah but i mean you know when you're in that climate there's no real enjoyment you know being on a set other than thank god you know Peter was cool, and and you know Ralphie, Peter, uh, Billingsley. We played video games. If we didn't have that boy, <laughs> I don't know what we would have done. And when you like, would you really hang out with a lot of the child actors on the on set and really develop relationships? Who did you have the best relationship with? Uh, I mean, me and Peter were the tightest on the set, you know, because uh, Bob Clark wanted to keep the bullies away from us because he didn't want us to be friends. He wanted that tension. When uh, we got to the set, which is the, the funniest thing in the world, because Zach Ward, who played Scott Farkas, the bully, he's one of my closest friends, you know, now. <laughs> uh, and Yana Wanaya, he's a very close friend. He lives in Atlanta. Zach is out in L.A. near me. Uh, you know, Peter's busy and running around, but we're still friends. I just saw him yeah. a little over a week ago. Yeah, I'm in L.A. too. I'm got sorry. A, got I a gas station. It. Yeah, I, if it wasn't for my gas station, I'd be gone. But it's on Interstate Five, right before you go up the uh, the grapevine. Oh, so you're near Santa Clarita. You're up yeah, there. I'm in Castaic. You've probably Castaic, been yeah. in my place, using my restroom, buying my coffee, buying my gas. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, well, you're not in L.A. then. No, I mean, in, well, I am technically in North L.A. County. No, no, I'm in the Are very you? tip of North L.A. County. Oh, wow. See, I didn't realize once, L.A. County went up that Once the grapevine, right? then it changes. You're out. You're actually exactly. going from and, Southern California into Central California. Yeah. yeah. Where the, who was the best mentor you had on for a for a Christmas story? Who would you say? Did you and Bob hit it off pretty well or not? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Clark and I had a great relationship, but it was there was nothing that I did that he needed to coach or ask me anything. You know, hey, you know, what do you think about this? That's not how it all kind of happened. I mean. Uh, he had seen the toy that I had done with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason, really knew I could do anything. So the script, you know, the, the infamous scene, it says flick sticks, tongue to pull. That's all it says. All that stuff you see on camera, I ad-libbed and just came up with that off the cuff, you know. And I, I did a couple takes and Bob goes, you know, that was good, but give me more. Just go overboard. Okay, fine. So I, I did it, you know, more so I went overboard. He's like, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I like the way you did it when you start. Do it the way you did it. Okay, fine. And that's what you see. 
yeah, you were so, the most well-known of the child actors in this movie, wouldn't you say, because of the toy and the success of the toy? Would you well, to some degree. I mean, yeah. you know, Peter Billingsley in the role of Ralphie is an iconic role. Yeah, exactly. But before that, meaning... Oh, know, yeah. No, the, I was pretty much the well-known kid on the set. Yeah. Cool. What do you do today? I mean, what, what's your job? Or are you retired? I'm, I'm, I am the jack of all trades. Somebody <laughs> needs me to do something, I do it. I mean, I've done everything from carpeting to drywall to I still act. I rep other celebrities for memorabilia signings and autograph shows and stuff like that. Uh, writer. I mean, I'm, I've written a pilot that we're going to be shooting, excuse me, the end of August, beginning of awesome. uh, end of April, beginning of May, not August, April, beginning of May. Um, you know, I've always stayed in and around the industry and busy and always seem to find something to do. It seems like it. definitely. And that's the thing that you've learned from that your whole career in Hollywood of to, to try different roles and try different things. Right. In your career. Well, I was I mean, you know, when when Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason tell you, you know, so what's your job? And I go, well, I'm an actor. They go, oh, no. That's basically what their answer was. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to be an entertainer. You have to be well-rounded. You have to be able to do anything, you know. So, I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's great because right. like, I have pictures of me behind the scenes from the toy of me getting behind the camera. Wow. You know, and I still remember some of that. And then asking uh, Gene Canamesa that did our sound. I wanted to learn about how to do the sound and hold the boom. Raul Bruce, who did all the stuff for Mel Brooks. And, you know, those guys were the sound guys. I was holding the boom. I was doing lighting. I was, I mean, it wasn't my job, but I wanted to learn everything because that's what they told me. They said, learn everything. I said, okay. So when Toy and Christmas Story came out the very first year, mm -hmm. did was it as big a hit as it is today? I mean, the toy did, was, I mean, you know, the toy was the hit for over a decade. You know, Christmas exactly. Story was out, had a, had a short run in the theaters. Um, MGM didn't put any money behind it. You know, they, they produced it. They make the film. They didn't want to do nothing with it. They could care less. They gave it a very, very short release right before the big holiday films hit. They had no aspirations that this film was going to do anything more than a prayer that they could make their money back. That's really all and this that, was to them. And it's iconic. It's right up there with the uh, Christmas Carol, Scrooge. With Christmas Story, yeah, and Christmas and and, and uh, um, it's a Wonderful Life. I mean, exactly. Uh, it sits in VHS, you know, in in that spot, in that cult mm -hmm. spot for v on VHS for years. And uh, Ted Turner was buying the MGM Library for Turner Entertainment, uh -huh. and one of the last few films he grabbed was Christmas Story. I mean, we're talking this is ninety five going into ninety six. If the film's thirteen years old. And uh, it's a holiday film. They have a whole whopping $250,000 into it. <laughs> all, that's all they got to get back. All right, what do you want to do? I will show it at Christmas. And somebody said, well, why don't you do a marathon? We did it with, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. They did it with Wizard of Oz. It lasted a couple of years for those, but they still made money. They figured we'll make our money back right away. Christmas story. Okay, we'll do a marathon, whatever. And it did okay. And they all, let's do it again. And instead of going this way, it went this way. Then the third year and the fourth year and the and it just kept going. Now it's a cash cow. You know, Warner Brothers has yeah, stated absolutely. that for what they spent on the film, it is the most profitable film in the wow. history of Warner Brothers. 
for what they spent on it. So what do you think? So, you know, they started doing the marathon, but I'm sorry, say again. You cut out there, Neil. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I had a, I had a phone call. I'm sorry. I just I just hung oh, up on the person. No, no worries. I was going to say about the um, I, what I was going to say, Scott, is like that. What do you think made that so huge after it just didn't get the release and everything? How did it build that cult classic? What do you think was the big thing? Um, it it, it started on VHS. It really did. It they. I mean, I I don't know the numbers that MGM sold on VHS, but people. Uh, in chronological order, I didn't do it calendar yeah. order, you know, uh, I had a ghostwriter do it for me, you know, he kind of just asked me questions and I told stories. Yeah. Is that your and, first you know, book? Yeah. Will there be another one? I have no, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's an autobiography, but it's not because I guess, you know, I had a ghostwriter sure. do it, but. No, no, that um, still counts. I mean, it's two and a half, it was two and a half years to do it. You know, it's over 300 pages. It was just, you know, I say it's the good, the great, the bad, the ugly. Who's wow. the publisher on that? Uh, Churchill Hell Books. Oh. They're out of London. Got a real publisher. In business 108 years, 109 years, you know. Now, Scott, so. how have you shifted, Scott, with, I guess, the pandemic and the fact that you did lots of autograph signings and all that stuff? What does that change? Is it more the cameos to, I guess, the virtual signings where it's not a signing where it's more of a meet and greet type mm -hmm. of thing how have you shifted in that with your clients and yourself as well for those appearances with the pandemic uh you know i i have because i don't set up the events you know if somebody says to me hey i want to get so-and-so for a virtual i call them up and i say hey do you want to do this you can sit at home and do it they'll send you what they want you to sign and you send it back and some say yes some say no um you know, I've still gone out and done appearances, actually. I've been to Tennessee a couple times. I just, I was in Ohio last week, you know, 10 days ago, whatever. I'm in New Jersey right now. Uh, you know, I believe I had this thing the, the end of last year, the beginning of 2020, because I was in New Jersey shooting an independent film and there was a kid on the set and five of us got sick. Wow. And I, when I mean, I mean sick, I mean like, you know. You, you can't get off the bed to go to the bathroom sick. You know, it was just, it was horrifying wow. for a few days, you know, being a, a nice Jewish boy of a nice Jewish mama. I listened, you don't feel good. Hot tea, Robitussin, and NyQuil chicken soup. <laughs> just chicken keep soup doing it. Oh, I went through four, almost <laughs> probably five pints of wonton soup in four days. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, and I was doing the Robitussin during the day and NyQuil at night. And, uh, you know, about the fifth day, I, I felt 80% better. And by the sixth day, I was fine. But this is before the word COVID existed, you know. Right. And uh, once everything started to come out, myself and a few people from the film that had gotten sick, we started emailing each other. Hey, did you feel this? Hey, did you feel that? Did you lose your taste buds and whatever? So, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I got to make a living out here. You know I mean? I'm filing bankruptcy anyway, for God's sakes, I'm an honest guy. I don't just say it the way it is. You know, I didn't cause COVID, but I got no choice. You know, I'm, I'm trying to hang on to my house and I just, I just want to, you know, live. So you're in better shape than a lot of child actors. Uh, many of them are in rehab, you know, uh, Dave, I learned at a very early age, sort of what life was about, not show business, life. Right. My father was a window cleaner. By the time I was, you know, even when I was in show business, doing commercials at, you know, eight and a half, any vacation time, summers, Christmas, but I was out with my dad washing windows. You know, I had a little bucket and a squeegee and a wand. And we went out and washed windows and he'd give me a little bit of money at the end of the day and say, here, you want to go get something here? You know, and I started Boom. doing commercials and I had real money. Yeah. You know, I got tens. I got a couple, 10, 20, $30,000 in the bank. I want something. My father would go, what do you want? Oh, well, I want this. Okay. Come to work. Yeah, but dad, <laughs> I did. I did commercials. He goes, no, no, that's, that's phony. Mo that's phony baloney money. <laughs> that's not real work money. You come out, you work <clears throat> with dad. So, I mean, I learned the value of a dollar. I learned sort of what living was about. You must have a job, must earn, you know, work hard. Okay, fine. That is sorely missing in, uh, in this industry, isn't it? Um, it? Again, it's a parent thing, teaching their child what's right and what's wrong. You know, what to do, what not to do. Um, I mean, not that long ago, I was the president of a minor consideration which was, is for child labor laws hmm. set up by uh, Paul Peterson, who was in the Donna Reed show. Yeah. And my job was to basically, I was, as the president, you just advise people, you know, you talk to people, you set up an event, you do something, but you, you try and educate the young, the youth and their parents yeah. on what showbiz is about. But as part of that, it's also what life is about. Yeah. Uh, we've come a long way since the Shirley Temple uh, fiascos of, financial and uh, mm. robbing the kids no yeah you say that but i mean let's face it gary coleman is in the 80s and he and yeah. all that money was gone you know and then you had macaulay culkin with the fighting with his family with the money and whatever um are things better today a little bit just a little you bit. know a little yeah. bit they have they, they have a thing called the the, the coogan act mm. which you know 15 Jackie 20 percent of the kids money goes into an account until they're 18 years old now I was help? fighting with well, I was fighting with them that realistically that's not enough. Hmm. Okay. Because what happens is there's about 30% of the kids' money left over. And it's like, okay, well, where does that go? Inevitably, that goes to mom or dad, because either mom or dad quit their jobs, <laughs> taking care of their kid becomes their full-time job, and there's no limitations on what they can have and what they can take. Hmm. You know. Um, there were kids, you know, that one, uh, not recently, but a couple of decades ago. And, uh, he turned eight years, 18 years old. He was a California kid, did a lot of television, you know, got his Coogan account. And as soon as he got it, which was, I think he said it was like 60,000, the IRS called and they sent him a letter. Oh, goodness. No his way. Pa his parents never paid taxes on his earnings because they said he was a minor. Why should he pay taxes? So you really have to be educated as a child parent of a child actor. I, oh, absolutely. Because, no question. And, and is that is that kind of an advocacy thing you still try to bring out to people? Because I think it's the biggest problem is like some of these child actors are making a lot of money, especially mm -hmm. talking Disney. 
you know, certain Disney shows and different things. I had a uh, Dove camp Cameron's mom on, she wrote a book about the child acting type of thing. But again, the parents think they're entitled to a lot more than they should deserve. Do you think Scott in a lot of ways? It's, it's one of those questions that are up the middle. The, the child has to have the talent to get the job. However, the parent has to have the driver's license to drive the car, to take the kid, to get the job. And the will. Well, and, and they want to do it for their kid. Now it becomes, okay, well, what is, is this worth? You know, is this worth 30% of the kid's money? You know, that it, it's, it's that variable thing where some people go, yes, some people go, no, you know, I'm like, listen, if you got a kid in show business, they're on a show. Okay, fine. You say X percentage with a max of X, you know? So the kid makes, let's say he's making 25,000 an episode on a TV show and they're going to do 20 episodes. He's going to make a half a million dollars, but that's really not what he gets. Yeah. You have, you have uncle Sam, you have the state of California or whatever state you work in, unless it's a no tax, whatever. You have manager fees, PR, et cetera, you know, expenses, whatever. The kid ends up with about 45% of the money after everything is said and done, you know, and then they take the Coogan out of that. So he ends up with 30%. So, so 500,000 turns into 150. They take the Coogan out of the, out of the large amount. No, they take it out of the net. They take it out of, you know, the net, you know, they kind of try and figure it out, prorate it to whatever, you know, so it's, do, it's pretty close. Do you see yourself ever testifying before Congress to try to change the law? It's not Congress. It's really? states. Wow. It's individual states. Now, they've done it in <clears throat> California, New York, Illinois, Massachusetts. You know, I think Georgia's just started to yeah. kind of clamp down a little That's bit. It's a big job to visit 50 states. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a federally mandated thing. The Coogan Act was a congressional act, but you got to get the 50 states to accept it. Which they did, right? Oh, wow. No, no. Oh, no. Oh. You work in Louisiana? There's no such thing as Coogan. They don't know what the hell you're talking about. Wow. You know. Depends on the area you're working. All right. So Dave has a question for you, Scott, involving okay. caregiving. Then I'm going to find out the latest things you're promoting and things like that after this question. Go ahead, Dave. So I'm a caregiver. I own a gas station. Uh, 22 years ago, my wife complained. She had a stroke, uh, started with a headache. She lost her speech, became paralyzed. A couple of years, we struggled through the grief process, but we finally reinvented ourselves. We hung in there. Uh, we didn't break up. And so now, you know, I became Dave, the caregiver's caregiver, because 30% of caregivers die before their loved ones do. And it's an epidemic. I mean, you're either going to become one, you're going to need one one day. So um, I started a website, caregiverdave.com. I've been on 35 TV shows, spoken on stages all over the place. I've got a radio show in addition to this one. And so my question to you, Scott, is um, your parents have got to be elderly now um mm -hmm. do you worry about them uh, are you uh, have you already had some scares with being a caregiver etc uh no my 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 both my folks are healthy mm -hmm. That's good. but i've, I've become the sort of uh non-executive old rinkety dink uber driver for mom <laughs> okay mom mom driving miss daisy uh, huh well yeah my uh the, she doesn't have a car my, my father decided she didn't need a car. Ay, 
My father decides she didn't need a car, but yet she's got to go shopping. So inevitably, yeah, he, he at, least two, days, her, at least two days a week, I go over, I pick mom up, we go shopping, we go to the bank, we do whatever she needs to do. We have a breakfast or a lunch, and then I take her home. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, mom's 79. Yeah, you know, Dad's 81, but you know. Thank God they're healthy. Thank God mom's healthy, yes. Uh, grandparents still alive? No, long gone. Long gone. My 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 mom's like my, my grandfather, my mom's dad passed uh, 13 years ago and he was the last last uh, last of the Mohicans. Wow. OK, that was pretty still pretty old for sure. If you're talking your parents. Oh, he was 90. He was going on 91. Good shape to the well, end. More or less, you know, just, yeah. you know, last. So you got good genes. You'll moms. be OK, huh? On my mom's side, my his brother. My grandfather's brother, my grand uncle made it to 96. My great grandmother was somewhere between 97 and 102. No birth certificate, came over from Poland, Russia during the Tsar era through Ellis Island. And, uh, you know, once she got to, you know, it was like mid 19, early 1980s, mm -hmm. she didn't even remember what year she came over. Wow. So, Scott, what's Lay's projects you're promoting right now? Uh, definitely a Christmas story. You have you're doing camp cameos right now, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I'm on, I have cameo. Yeah, I have cameo. Scott Schwartz under my name. It's got my face. I'm like, how are you doing? You know, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, realistically, we're we're at the 23rd of December, so it's like promoting the 24 hours a Christmas story. I really don't need to do. They do that themselves. Exactly. And for my and for my dollar eighty, I really don't need to promote it anyway. Um, but I'll, I'll be shooting the pilot, uh, the show. It's called Strangely Connected. It's myself and Todd Bridges. Really? Oh wow! We'll be, okay. we'll be shooting that. Oh, we've got a we got a fun cast. You know, uh, Cherie Curry, the lead singer of The Runaways, with Lita Ford and and Joan Jett. Oh my gosh! She's going to be playing my mom in the show. Um, and there's there's other there's comedians. There's all kinds of other fun people that you would know that will be in the show. Um, so that's going to be shooting at the end of April, beginning of May, as long as we stay on schedule, which should be. Um, and then my book will be out next September. And, uh, you know, if we, uh, you know, you can give me another jingle and you, you get the book and go, hey, we got to talk about this. OK, yeah, I'll definitely bring you on for the book and, and also, especially the pilot. So you'll shoot the pilot. Then you have to find the right network for it. Right. Is that correct? Is that yeah. I'm, again, you know, I'm figuring, you know, September, October, something like that. Hopefully, you know, we'll be in production and. You know, hopefully by the end of next year, it'll be on because you don't know. It could be, you know, streaming. It could be a Netflix or Hulu, or Spotify, whatever it is. Or, you know, we could step up or E or somebody else or one of, you know, me TV because of the, the cast involved. You have no idea. You know, how has, how has COVID uh, been affecting you or how do you anticipate it's going to affect that? Um, we're shooting in pencil in, 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 in Pennsylvania. Oh, so I think by then it'll area. be a whole hell of a lot less than in LA. We're in PA. You know, We're in PA. Scranton. Scranton. Oh, I'm in Pittsburgh, so not too far. Yeah. Are oh, you freezing your tushy off, dude? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, so no, I mean, I, I I think we'll be okay by then. You know, again, when you start going the months and seeing what happens and how many people get the vaccination and the numbers will go down and everybody kind of relax a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I heard what was said yesterday by the president-elect. 
you know, the darkest days are ahead of us. Let me tell you something, dude. If the darkest days are ahead of us, <laughs> then I feel sorry for anybody who lives in New York or L.A. because I go to Texas. I'm going yeah. where the guns are because people are going to go bananas. They're already leaving. Oh, yeah, I know they're leaving New York, but they have they're not they're leaving L.A. a little bit, you know, but not not as much. And, you know, a lot more in New York. Um but no, people don't want to hear the dark days ahead because leaders are supposed to be optimistic, you know, like of Churchill. Course. Never, of never, course. never yeah. give up. Of course. And, you know, we, we hope, as, hope as a is country, so important. Yes. And as a country and what's gone on in the past eight, nine months, you know, y'all are old enough. I remember 1983 like it was yesterday. Freddie Mercury AIDS. Here we go. We got to find yeah. the vaccine. And, what, and we're still waiting 37 years later exactly now we got something that's killing hundreds of thousands of people and left right indifferent the president said by the end of the year we're going to have this and everybody laughed it's a it's the miracle thought it's never going to happen blah blah and it's already happened happened yeah so you know again and they're not apologizing either (laughs) of course not but that's they're they're, they're first in line to get it uh, over and above the old people. Older. I have my I have my own thoughts on this. Yeah. I say it's your first responders, your doctors, your nurses, the elderly. Hello. You go from there. Law enforcement, teachers. <clears throat> exactly. You, know, you ought to be in charge, Scott. Please. They wouldn't know what to do with me because I wouldn't be able to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and you, you tell the truth too, Scott. Now, so uh, uh, all those places connect social media wise, Scott. Where's the best place to connect with you? Social media. Uh, Facebook, Scott Schwartz actor. That's my page on Facebook. All right. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, we talked about a bunch of different things, uh, but I definitely want to be in touch about the pilot. And then when your book comes out, love to promote that too, as well. So thanks again for stopping by. You got it. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Dave. You guys have a, a merry, thanks, a happy and a healthy Christmas and new you year. Too. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy new year to Scott. Take care guys. Oh, I Bye-bye. love Dave's hair. I love you guys' yeah. hair, man. You Thank me. you. Yeah, you're lucky you have a full head of hair. Good. Take yeah. care, Scott. It's a good See time you. to be bald. All right, Very guys. Fashionable. That was the Neil Haley Show, Caregiver Dave Sloan segment. Take care. Bye-bye.